You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. Friday morning, April 8th, 2016. We just recovered from the big week, big primary in Wisconsin. Uh, You know, this week I want to shift focus a little bit until more news trickles out from the presidential election and focus on Congress. Yeah, that Congress, the one that nobody's uh, been talking about. They haven't done anything since they came into session in January. They've been on spring break for a while, and they're going to be back for a while the next couple weeks. And I I know some of you have sent me messages on Twitter. I've gotten some emails that you know people really appreciated my legislative updates, the weekly updates every morning. And, you know, I was being asked why why we stopped. Well we stopped because there is nothing. There's nothing going on. Let me let me bring in my co host here, Joe Koss. You know, Joe, let me ask you this question. You know, as we try to navigate in over the next twenty minutes what we think Congress should be doing. Right, what Congress needs to be do, what what Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell would do in a sane world. Let me ask you, why is it that there's so much negativity in this country towards the political system? There's, you know, you have so much bad stuff going on in the world, national security wise. You look at the issue polling; clearly, people aren't happy with the policies of Barack Obama. Yet at the same time. His approval numbers are rising, and according to Gallup, he's at 53%. He's at his highest level since since he won re-election, really in the last three years. Yeah. What is going on here? You know, I think it's a matter of the enemy that I know is better than the enemy that I don't know. And I think with everything that's going on in the 2016 race and the possibilities, whether it's Hillary or Trump, I mean, I think a lot of people view them as the front runners. And to them, they feel like that is going to be a breakdown of the system. And it and it provides a little bit of insecurity, a little bit of the unknown. And I think that's why Obama's getting the bump that, you know, they've been with him for, for almost eight years now, and they at least know what to expect. With Hillary or with Trump, there's just so much animosity and so much negativity that you know, they'd, they'd almost rather keep the status quo than go there. That's what I think. I mean, 53 is not huge, uh, for sure. But when you compare them to some of the unfaves of Hillary and Trump, I think that's what we're getting here. No, it's not huge. But but again, he should be on the decline with the insanity, the craziness going on. And normally, you know, we've seen this with the last few presidents. As they go on their way out, they get more and more unpopular. The trajectory is better for him. But I think it's what you said, because it's all been the razzle dazzle. It's all been about personalities. And what's about personalities, well, people don't like what they see, um, you know, with with Hillary and Trump is all they hear about. So what what I want to discuss today is, what Congress can do in a sane world, what they would do, what they will unlikely do. But if you are a GOP leader, you're watching this kind of Stalingrad between Cruz and Trump. There's nothing you could do as a congressional leader. They're going to do their thing. It's going to go to likely go to contested convention. 
until now, what you do is you harness the final year in Congress, final year of President Obama's presidency, to litigate the case against him. So instead of talking about the personalities, you'd be talking about Obama just collaborated with Iran to circumvent the remaining sanctions and break the agreement of the deal. Obama is collaborating with Castro to bring in thousands of immigrants through our southern border, Cubans coming in, in addition to the Central Americans. Obama's letting go, just this week, another two Libyan terrorists from Gitmo. And these guys, according to DOD officials, admitted they killed Americans, and meaning they have killed Americans after being released. By the way, these guys were released to Senegal, so I'm sure we trust them to to hold them securely. Um, and you know, and the the border stuff, the, the immigration stuff, not a day goes by where I don't see you know this young wo- woman Sarah Root in Omaha, Nebraska, killed by a drunken driver. She was graduating college early, just just graduated, 4.0 GPA, promising future, cut down by a drunk driving illegal. We've got the sanctuary cities, Joe. You know, I think we would submit you and I are more conservative than the average person. We we understand that. We you know, we understand. We don't expect Republicans to go in there and say, "All right, we're going to pass legislation tomorrow abolishing Social Security and Medicare." You know, something like that. The stuff we're asking them to do these are eighty twenty issues. These are simple issues. The reason Obama's approval is so high is a on the one hand, all you see is the Hillary Trump thing, and then on the other hand. Nobody is connecting the dots, litigating the case against him, connecting the dots between the bad policies he's doing and the man himself, the administration itself. You know, you go into our vertical at conservative conscience, different articles I've been writing the last couple of weeks, um, different things going on. You, you listen to Mark Levin on air, LevinTV.com. You sign up for his TV show. You're going to hear a lot of this stuff, things you don't hear going on, but they're gravely important to our future. And if I were a Republican, I would take every one of these and I'm going to divide them into our big three categories we push a conservative review. How Democrats cannot be trusted with our sovereignty, security, and society. That's the thing. The Republican Party is in influx now. It's at a crossroads. Congressional leaders can't do anything about it. That's going to be up to the delegates. But what you can do in the meanwhile is just bomb away at the Democrats and and demonstrate why they cannot be trusted. And what I would do is every week, they're going to be in session largely April, May, June, pretty much every week. These people are focusing on, there's nothing to write about. I don't even have anything to write about in Congress because they're not doing anything. The FAA reauthorization. I mean, and, and they haven't learned their lesson. They said, we need to show we could govern by passing just the nerdy legislation and, you know, run out the clock. You don't run out the clock. You take the ball and score points. And again, not on risky things that are unpopular, things that are very popular. And I want to demonstrate, you know, one by one, how these things would be popular, how they are so needed, how they would lay the groundwork for the next Republican president, and how they'd ensure that Hillary Clinton is defeated. You connect Obama and Hillary by the hip, and now we're talking about how unpopular the Democrats are on issues. You make them defend it. So, I mean, this is what we should be doing in a sane world. So, you know, let's start off with religious liberty. 
we, we, we have a great op-ed coming out today from Senator Chris McDaniel, state senator from Mississippi. Mississippi is one of the states that passed a religious liberty protection bill. And you're seeing this throughout the country. It, it's, it's really, um, to me, it's, it's one of the most important issues, much more important than some of the razzle-dazzle going on in the presidential election. And you know some conservative states are, are trying to fight back against this fascism, this, this notion that Joe bake the darn cake or else, you know, with your own private property. Just protecting institutions, individuals, business owners. Hey, you guys, our country was set up that people should be able to use their private property and their businesses for only things that that coincided with their religious conscience. All it does is protect that, doesn't force anything on anyone. You know, you could still do what you want. Then you got the transgendered agenda going on. Where girls could pee in a man in a male, uh, sorry, males could pee in a girl's bathroom, and you know it's this this stuff is nuts. And the thing is, the Republicans have what I call a culture of capitulation, where they assume by default everything's a losing issue, even when it's a winning issue. Remember, I think we did one of our early recordings, Joe. Um, right after the November 2015 election. So who, whoever thinks of an odd-year election. But there were some important ballot initiatives. Remember the transgendered ballot initiative in Houston? Right, right. The bathroom thing? All the Hollywood dudes came in, and oh, the, oh boy, I mean, they were just, they had it all, they had the money and everything. And this was Houston City. The city itself, which went for Obama by about 30 points. Um, and, and that ordinance was struck down by a 20-point margin, uh, despite all the odds. You had Matt Bevin, one as governor in Kentucky, running on defending Kim Davis and religious liberty. You had that pot, crazy pot initiative in uh, Ohio that went down, oh gosh, was it three to one? I mean, it was crushed despite all the money that was put in behind it. And the point is, there is a silent majority in this country that believes in religious liberty. Yes, not everyone is as religious and socially conservative as you and I are. We will readily admit that. But you know, we, we, we posted, and we'll put this in the show notes because it's a few months old, an article I wrote, Pat Cadell, a poll commission through Pat Cadell, um, about religious liberty. And the question was asked, not the way the media asks it, but like this. Suppose a, a, a Christian wedding photographer has deeply held religious beliefs opposing same-sex marriage. If a same-sex couple wanted to hire that photographer for their wedding ceremony, should the photographer have the right to say no? Okay. 82% said yes, they should have the right to say no, including 83% of independents and 72% of Democrats. If you message it the right way, which is the reality of what it is, it, it works. So that's what states are doing, but states don't have such a strong megaphone. What, Joe, wouldn't it work? And we respect federalism, but the same way the feds had to step in to protect civil rights when they were being violated, when property rights, voting rights of blacks, they didn't have access to the court system. The, the, you know, the real basic due process, life, liberty, property was being denied in the civil rights era. The federal government stepped in to say to states, no, you cannot do this. Why can't the federal government step in? We have a bill and they go back to their respective districts and say, someone has the right with their private property to keep their Christian beliefs. You know, this 
this issue has always perplexed me, not because I don't understand why it's continually pushed or how it passes in certain places, you know, the religious liberty idea, but it's it's more fundamental than that. Mark Levin talks about this a lot uh, in, in just a, an, another reminder. Make sure you guys go to levintv.com, sign up, get the show. You know, it's every day. You don't have to watch it every day. The nice thing about being a member and when you sign up and 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 get a subscription is you can kind of watch at your own leisure. There's no commercials. It's perfect. It can be on the go, on your tablet, on your iPad, laptop, whatever. But he talks a lot about this at different points about religious liberty and, and what it meant for the founders and where it came from. And the the problem isn't that people shouldn't be you know tolerated for who they are and what they are. That's definitely an ind- individual liberty idea. But like you said, it's forcing someone else to do something against what they believe. And and like you said, these are 80-20 issues. Most people would say, yeah, I don't want someone else to be forced to do something that they don't believe in. But because the progressives in Congress and in the elected officials that are progressives are willing to go out there and sort of get dirty, roll up their sleeves and throw punches, our feckless Republican, you know, elected officials for the most part and large part sort of sit back and they're so worried about political maneuvering and and what oh, this those means. social issues. Yeah. Those oh, so but but here but Joe, social conservatism is dead. And what I mean by that is it, what 1800s yeah. early early no, 1900s when you had all these state laws that literally did legislate morality which which by the way was constitutional that's what state laws right. do that no one's talking about that that's done we're talking about property rights yeah well <laughs> we're talking about but, private property but they rights haven't here. made that turn yet that's the thing these elected officials have not made the turn to do that again republicans a little bit by their nature and being conservative, but also just in who we've had in leadership in the last decade or, sh- or so, and some of these people, they just don't know how to message correctly on these issues. They're still so afraid of the fact that they're social issues. They know that we're a progressive country. We are. I had a conversation with a mentor, and he's like, Joe, you are no longer in that that majority or even close minority of conservatives. As a conservative, you're now down in 15, 10, even 5% of, of for your beliefs because of No, John John Adams wouldn't 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 be elected no, these days. No. In in its in in part of that is understood. We are a progressive country. We always have been to a degree. I mean, to some degree, uh, you know, John Adams and the founders were classical liberals. They were the ones, you know, swimming upstream for sure. But yep. but the principles don't change. That's the thing. It's not the philosophy that that has to stay the same. It's the principles have to stay the same and remain. Like you said, this is a property rights issue. What what people don't understand is if you flipped it the other way, it would be like forcing. I I, I mean, you could come up with any sort of scenario. But again, sure, it's like me saying you you can't have um. Uh, two gays having some sort of a ceremony on your private property. You're not allowed to do that. On your private property, you're not allowed to do that. They're forcing us to do it on our private property. I'll say you can't do it on your private property. I mean, it would be like a, a conservative state doing the other way around. And and that's the point. It's a private... Republicans, like you said, they don't they don't really understand it and don't care about it. So they think it's this false choice. Okay, you're either going to burn the gays at the stakes or... Bake the darn cake for us. Well, no. Actually, if you want to – you hijack their message and say, all right, live and let live. 
so leave us alone. Leave us alone. Leave leave the little, little sisters of the poor alone. And Republicans have to become more nimble. I mean, I, I think one of the next big things is going to be pushing religious in- institutions to allow people um, not of that faith or contrary to that faith, like gay couples in Catholic churches or Christian churches, to marry, especially in some of these more... Uh, let's say, architecturally beautiful uh, cathedrals and churches where they're going to, you know, they're going to use the tax issue. Like, and that, and that was a big part of the Georgia bill. Right, exactly. That that Purdue ran from. And and the thing is, is like you said, we need to find a way as conservatives and Republicans to fight against this. We need to find a way to message correctly. And there are messages. It's not like we have to go and find them or invent them. They're out there. It's just the people who are behind it need to be willing to do it. They need to stand for the principles that are important. Exactly. Exactly. And let's say let's say you and I are an 80 and the country slipped to 50 but the progressives are pushing a zero and they and that's the thing we have the, that 2015 election provided us with that opportunity the left has overplayed their hand they they made it about a liberty issue and then they're now turned into bake the darn cake or else so that's a different story the polling is well the the ballot initiatives pr- prove this congress needs to step in that is society now Imagine we move on to security but and sovereignty. One last thing, and, sure. and you may not agree with this point 100%, but but you made mention of it, and you said that Republicans are either, you know, burn them at the stake or let's just let them do it. In, in that one extreme of burning them at the stake, that's where I think that we need to soften the message on that. And I think that's where you get your um, – your, the sort of campaign conservatives, the, the folks that sort of campaign hardline – in their nice, soft red districts so they'd get the conservative base to vote for them, but then they go and they're the ones that fold. Rather than having them run that hard line and come across as sort of the, you know, the southern evangelical, what they need to do is say, hey, look, they have a right to be and live the way that they want to up to the line of our property and individual rights. I think the fact that they run with such an old school mentality really does hurt us in the end. If they want to give, you know, a couple inches, don't give it on the left side of the the, the spectrum. Give it on the right. Say, hey, look, what they want to do is what they want to do. We need to, you know, that's where the respect and tolerance can come in. Not And, and they are, and they got it, and that's what they need to message, yes. and that's what they don't understand. And Chris McDaniel's op-ed will have up today that it echoes that message, like we said, the Pat Cadell poll where it's just very simple, you seize the liberty position and you win. It it's still right. maybe in twenty years from now it won't resonate, but let's let's strike while the iron's yeah. hot. So um, you know, so that that's the society part, sovereignty, security. You know, we've suggested repealing the Cuban Adjustment Act. That is literally where Castro is using as leverage against us to um, get even more goodies out of us, sending thousands of immigrants through Mexico. Like I said, because of that Cuban Adjustment Act, we spoke about this before, they're automatically granted um, legal status. They're automatically given welfare. It is fleecing our country. It is it is a no-brainer. The sanctuary city legislation. Make Democrat go home to your districts. And what I mean is bicamerally, have the House and Senate coordinate. This week we're working on sanctuary cities. Well, well Daniel, although Harry Reid will, will filibuster, and even if he gets it across, Obama will, will veto it. That's fine. We understand that. We have you know less than a year left. But at least 
message something, utilize your time in Congress to draw that sharp contrast. We stand for law and order. We stand for rule of law. And you have this perverse dynamic going on. And, you know, again, I want to highlight rapid fire three articles I wrote. And they speak to so many things that Congress could do on law and order. Number one, Obama's HUD, his Housing and Urban Development Department. They are forcing landlords to now rent to criminals. And they're not allowed to look in their criminal background. And if they deny rental, they have to justify every last one and open themselves up to lawsuits. Number two, well, like we said, with, with, um, with immigration, we have sanctuary cities going on but also this was the first day uh was it wednesday or thursday where syrian refugees are stepping foot on u.s soil through this expedited process hey whatever happened to taking 18 months remember they said oh it's 18 months of scrutinized they have this expedited process now through jordan where's congress this is an literally an 80 20 issue we have the polling on that um and then you have Again, I just want to juxtapose. On the one hand, you have states violating federal law and making sanctuary, and then you have states like Arizona that want to uphold law. No one's been reporting on this. I have an article on it. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is forcing Arizona to grant driver's licenses to Obama's DACA illegal aliens that he granted executive amnesty for. I mean, that is unbelievable. The judiciary shouldn't be involved in that. Driver's licenses are all for states. Right, So the notion that you're forcing them to grant licenses to people that under congressional statutes have to be placed into deportation proceedings. but So they're making Obama's executive amnesty law over congressional law, thereby preempting the states. This is unreal. Congress should get in and pass laws immediately deputizing the states to allow them to do whatever they want to enforce federal law. They should strip the courts of their power to create rights for illegal aliens, not just rights to remain in the country, rights to affirmatively have a right to a driver's license. That's not even a right. That's a privilege. I mean, this is unbelievable what is going on. It is not very hard. Even a more secular, um, you know, less religious, less conservative society, the polling shows they are worried about our sovereignty and security for sure, and our society in the, in the, in the, in the sense of religious liberty. These are no-brainer issues. But Joe, I don't see it on the horizon. I don't see this on. The, I don't see anything remotely close to this on the legislative calendar. No, and it's and it's not going to be because again, they don't know how to message it. And to them, it's not winning for what they ultimately want to do, which is to maintain power, create a culture of crony capitalism out there. I mean, this is going to sound cliche and sort of right wing nut radio but but it's true i mean watching this day to day you can really come to no other conclusion that they have a completely different set of goals a different agenda and and a a whole different game plan for what they're trying to achieve because if they have the same game plan that that you and i do to protect sovereignty society and provide security for this country they would not be doing the things that they're doing and they would it, it doesn't make sense no. it, that's the thing you and i have been po- in, in politics long enough that we know what is a winning issue we know sometimes we'll believe in something we'll be in the minority but what is a winning issue let me give you another thing iran so uh, you know we were promised that oh we're just taking off the nuclear sanctions, but the sanctions that were affixed on Iran because of their 
intercontinental ballistic missile program because of the terrorism, because of the human rights problems, that's going to stay in. It turns out all the banking sanctions are coming off. And Obama's helping Iran circumvent that. You know, Congressman Pompeo found that out from the State Department. They admitted that. Could you, I mean, is it that hard to have legislation where you say no relinquishing any sanctions until all money, until all Iranian funds towards Hamas get cut off? I mean, something like that. You, or... You stand up there, you know, the Democrats pound the lectern, and they, you know, they always seize the righteous indignation. Oh, I'm for the poor, the little guy, the downtrodden, the victim. You, you know, you have pictures. There are some estimates believed to be a thousand U.S. service members who were killed in Iraq from um, Iranian IEDs. The very uh, organization of the Iranian military, the Quds Force, that has had the sanctions taken off them. They were responsible for manufacturing and and, and, impl- and placing those IEDs through the Shia militias and Hezbollah in Iraq. What is so hard is saying no no blood money for Iran. I mean, harness it, don't you know? I mean, for real. Oh, but we don't have the votes. So what? You have the votes in the House. You pass it in the House. You bring it in the Senate. You spend a few days on it. You send the, your members home for the weekend. You you go on meet the press. And you talk about this. You you change the narrative. That That's a pretty big voice. That's a pretty big megaphone that you have when you control both houses of con- Congress. You might not have the votes. You might not be able to override a presidential veto. But you can message it. And you know, I'm thinking of Pat Toomey in Pennsylvania, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin, Kelly Ayotte in, in New Hampshire. They, it's the culture of capitulation. They're, they're on defense. Oh, please don't hurt me. I just want to fly under the radar, uh, not do anything rash, and just hope no one notices me. And, and No, you, see, you, you hang this on their necks. You are going to give blood money to, to, to the Iranians? You're going to join Hillary Clinton in that? You're going to violate our sovereignty and put illegal aliens ahead of American workers, American taxpayers, our security? How hard is it to c- communicate that in New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, or any state? It, it's not. And, you know, I'm in a little different place, I think, than you are on the whole Iranian deal thing. But the the point that you're making right here, even if you're somebody, let's say, even further to in the direction of letting the deal stand and just, like, sort of managing it, you could still say no money. Or less money, let's give it to our veterans. I mean, the veteran situation, we could do 80 podcasts on just the horrors of that. But I mean, it, it, it's such an easy thing to message, even if, you, even yeah. if you're not all the way to that degree. It's, you could go halfway and say, hey, look, we, we need to keep in place part of the deal or, or the deal needs to stand because we do need to have some sort of like way to keep Iran sort of contained to some degree, but we're not going to give them, like you said, all of this blood money. What we're going to yeah, do... And, and it's not the deal, as you notice. It's an alliance. Right. Obama is helping them circumvent the deal. It, 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 exactly. <laughs> and so... But who knows about it? Who who, right. who who would know? The constituents wouldn't know. You don't hear about it in the news. You know, Ted Cruz talks about his first day in office, he would go in and, you know, get rid of the deal. Um, uh, I don't know if he said the first day, but, I mean, he said he'd, you know, he'd get rid of it. Other people have said that. If you're a member of Congress, you don't even have to go that far. Like you said, grease the skids a little bit. Say, you know what? If we have a Republican president, the first thing I'm going to do is request that we cut that that money back by forty percent, or 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 you know, and we're going to put it right into veterans, you know, the VA. People would go, 
uh, I don't know if I love the deal, but yeah, maybe not yeah. so much money and give it to the veterans. That's <laughs> how, okay, you'd have... And, and, and you got a lot of veterans, by the way, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. This is what Pat Toomey should be doing instead of pushing Obama's liberal judicial nominees like and he's even doing, if, which let's face even, it, no one cares about. Right, exactly. And even if you don't want to do it on the Iran deal, let's do it on something else. Let's do it on immigration. Like say, hey, we're not going to accept so many illegal immigrants. You know what? We're going to cap it. We're going to reduce the number of illegals that we allow to stay here or whatever by I, I mean, yeah. again, and, and sanctuary cities is not exactly something that people in Pennsylvania are clamoring. No, for. but even if you said we're going to reduce it, we're going to take that money and put it into veterans or we're going to take that money and put it somewhere. Uh, again, you can do a half measure. You don't even have to be the guy pounding on the podium. You can be the guy of like half measure who's kind of like the voice of reason, raising your hand meekly going, well, what if we found a compromise? I mean, if you want to compromise, don't actually like capitulate. Come up with an actual compromise. Find something in the it's middle. It's all from your position yes. of strength. But again, Joe... You got to believe in it if you want to do <laughs> right. it, and 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 they don't believe. Nope. So this is—it's all power as an end to itself. Let's just tread water, don't do anything, run out the clock, and that's the dumbest thing because Obama's getting away with stuff, and people don't even know about it because they don't litigate the case against him, and and it's all back to the presidential stuff. So anyway, next week we'll we'll be back to presidential stuff as always. Make sure to follow our colleague. Um, Robino at Robino on Twitter. He's got everything you need to know about the delegate math, um, both in terms of the primaries, the con- con- contested convention stuff coming up. And then again, amidst the presidential election, don't lose sight of these issues. We're going to have updates at Conservative Conscience. Um, you know, everything Congress does or doesn't do, Levin TV. You know, Mark Levin's going to highlight a lot of this stuff you don't hear in the mainstream, even conservative media on his TV show. So we're really looking forward to next week. It will be a big week on, on all fronts. The Supreme Court's going to be back in session as well, all three branches of government. Lots of vigilance needed. But until next time, thanks for joining us. This is The Conservative Conscience.